So is he real? Who? The boogeyman. I read you quoted. You don't believe in the boogeyman? I believe in Michael Myers, a deranged serial killer, but the boogeyman. Welcome, creeps, to our special spoiler-free review of David Gordon Green's Halloween Kills, the follow-up to the highly successful, record-breaking 2018 juggernaut we all know as Halloween. Yeah. You were going to say it. See there, Jeremy? You're laughing at me. Uh, immediately. It's that thing we've been talking about for the past three month years. and a half on yeah. the show here. Uh, and this is definitely part of our countdown to Halloween kills. You guys have been waiting for this. So, yeah, it's it's we're sitting down. We just saw the movie last night in advanced screening. And we first and foremost wanted to thank Universal and Blumhouse for offering us the opportunity to be a screening partner and promote that. So, Thanks so much. It was, man, the energy in the air, Jeremy, was just, it was, it was immeasurable. I think everyone Every, was so excited. Everyone was so stoked. Uh, myself, myself included. Once we got that invitation, I was like, yes, I think me and you talked for days leading up to this. That like, man, like, fuck, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't yeah. wait. And then finally when it was. the hours. Yeah. Li- literally, you, you texted me and you said, I, I, I'm Jeremy, I'm counting down the hours at this point. And that's how yeah. I felt, man, you know, because we were supposed to see this movie last year and then COVID delayed it. And, you know, so we've been we've been anticipating this for so long. And as we've discussed previously on the show, you know, I, I somebody gave me the script, this movie, and, and I I was so excited for Bad it. Bad boy. Bad I know. Boy. I know. But but I was so excited for it. However, I did not read it. Did not read it. I said, no, no, no have to see this in theaters like i don't want to spoil it for myself i don't want to go through it and then know exactly what's going to happen yeah yeah, yeah. good boy <laughs> um but it was it was tempting so you know here we are we finally saw it and i'm gonna go ahead and just throw it out there i i had to wake up at 4 30 this morning for work right so by the time that i got home from the screening last night it was late dude my mind was racing like absolutely racing and i'm just gonna jump into to some of this well well, first off, just before we get into anything, I just want to let our listeners know, number one, I'm Justin, because I didn't say my name, and that's Jeremy, and we're so excited, so our Dude, normal introduction, I'm, I'm ready. we're, again, we never record during the day, which is weird, this is like middle of the day, the day after, we're usually like at the end of the night, we're ready to go to bed because we're old men, but I wanted to preface this with, this is going to be a spoiler-free reaction review, which is very different from what we normally do on the show. And we wanted to give you guys an opportunity to, to listen into our initial thoughts before you get to see it, if you choose to, or maybe even after, but then give you guys an opportunity to come back on a later episode and do a full spoiler-heavy, in-depth review, a special review, a very long review. So we we're, give you a, we're gonna a keep little the taste. Halloween. We're going to keep the Halloween train rolling. Oh, all, all month long. And as you've heard, if you've been listening all month long, we are still doing our Halloween Kills poster contest. Like Jeremy said last week, we'll do it until the end of the month. So if you have not yet, remember, if you leave us a five-star iTunes review, Every single new review we get gets added to a number. Every five new reviews we receive, you get entered immediately into win a full-size theatrical double-sided Halloween Kills poster. We still have a handful of them left. So if you're listening to this, you're obviously a Halloween fan. You want one of those posters. Just leave us a review. You'll automatically be entered. But we hope you are excited to listen as we are excited to talk about oh, this movie. Dying Jeremy, to talk I about get, it. I, well, you're chomping at the bit. I know you are. So we're going to start with... <laughs> Go ahead and well, give me your initial well, thoughts. Well, well first, first, I, I got home from the movie last night, and I, I should be going to bed, right? Because I got to wake up mega early, and I could not stop thinking about this movie. And uh, my my best friend on the planet, he uh, he went to the actual premiere in L.A. and he went just to check it out and see if maybe he could score some autographs. He wasn't hopeful on it, and and thankfully he wasn't banking on it because like. I think Judy Greer signed maybe four autographs and Jason Blum signed, but nobody else at the premiere signed any autographs. Jamie Lee Curtis literally walked over and said, hey, yeah, I'm not going to sign, but I wanted to come over and say hi to you guys. Hi. Hello. 
and then she walked the other way. But that's that's better than fuck off. I yeah, that, that's I think that's better than fuck off, and I think that's better than her just ignoring the autograph seekers. Um, I'm sure it was still a bummer to you know be standing there. There she is, and but you know whatever it is, what it As is. As you but, know, you know that's the name of the game, though. Yeah, that's it's it's never it a guarantee, right. man. Never a guarantee. So, uh, anyways, so I I end up being on the phone with him, and I talked with him for an hour last night on the phone about this movie because this is a movie that and I'm, I'm going to jump right into it. Um, this is a movie that I think is going to be divisive amongst fans. And we, typically me and Justin, we don't talk about like film review things ahead of time. We want to save it for the show. Uh, but we did speak earlier today, and, and I compared it to Rob Zombie's Halloween in the way that I think that fans are going to be talking about Halloween Kills for years to come, just like they're still talking about Rob Zombie's Halloween. They are, every single day. It's... On social media. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Rob <laughs> Rob Zombie, if, if he did nothing else, he created a film that will live on just through people talking about how much Very they true. fucking hate it. <laughs> or they love it. Or, 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 or love it, yeah. Or, or love or it, just, yeah. You know, yeah, so... Um, so... You know, obviously, this is a spoiler-free review. We're not going to give away any juicy tidbits, but, um, you know, I, I'd like to go through some pros, Justin. Um, yeah, we'll start, and then, with the, we'll start with the positives. And then we can, we can go through some cons. And, you know, even waking up this morning, the first thing I thought about this morning waking up was, was Halloween Kills. And my mind has been racing with it all day long. Um, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of good... And there's a lot of, I think, things that did not work in this movie. And, of, of course, we're going to get into all those things. But first, have you ever bitten into a cherry tomato that looked perfectly fine on the outside, but when you bit into it, it was rotten on the inside? I love that the analogy, but no. But Dude. I have bitten into a raw onion before. Well, there you go. Is that, is, is, does that work? <laughs> I, I I don't know if that's the same, but like, dude, I, I don't know, man. I have a memory from when I was a kid and I had these cherry tomatoes. Like I follow a, you. I love cherry tomatoes. And like, dude, this one cherry tomato, like it looked perfectly fine on the outside and I bit into it and it was absolutely rotten, like black on the inside. And I just remember it being like the worst flavored thing ever. And I immediately spit it out and... It made me not want to eat fucking cherry tomatoes like for a very, very long time. And this movie, in a lot of ways, reminds me of that rotten cherry tomato um, because it looked good and it was something that I typically enjoy. But after biting into it and it being in my mouth, I immediately wanted to spit it out. And that's kind of how I woke up feeling this morning was that. There was this rotten flavor in my mouth from this thing that I love. Like, Halloween is my most favorite thing of all time. Like, Halloween is my favorite franchise. Halloween is my favorite film. Um, we've done our countdowns. We've done our stuff all, you know, leading up to Halloween Kills. And, and people know that I'm, I even really enjoy some of the Rob Zombie stuff. Um, Which you are a champion for doing. So oh, for sure. Friend. Absolutely. Um, so, I'll go into the pros, man. This is the stuff that, that I, I really dug. Um, you know, this was a multi-million dollar bloodbath slasher body count gore fest. The like, brutality. Holy I mean, shit. It was immeasurable. It was insane. It was probably the most violent and brutal mainstream slasher I've ever seen. Oh, what, 100%. Like, I can't believe the level of brutality and gore in this film. Uh, it was for sure the bloodiest slasher I've ever seen in a theater Ever. Ever. So, like, if you're somebody that you're like, don't hold back. Give me give me the red gore stuff. Like, let me get that. Dude, Halloween Kills is for you in that they regard. They drenched the entire movie in blood. There's yeah. over, mean, over 30 over thirty people got fucking murked in this movie. And that's that's not an exact number. It's, prob it's probably yeah, way more than that. It's probably way more. And, and unapologetically as well, Jeremy. And I really dug that. They went the whole, I mean, they're taking that whole pure evil evil route, and it, it, they went full force, unrelenting, unstoppable. Like, the shape doesn't give a fuck. If you're no. a kid, he's after you. If, you know, no matter who you are, you're not immune to the shape's wrath. And I really, really enjoyed that. And, you know, on top of that, the kills were 
the most interesting, the most creative that we've seen in the franchise in a long time. They were done beautifully by Christopher Nelson. The effects looked great. Um, All of that stuff was just top notch. And that was probably, I'd have to say right off the bat, one of my favorite things about the movie as a big slasher fan, all that shit had me like goosebumps up my back. Like I was almost all of it was practical effects as well. Yeah. Almost all of it. I didn't see any CGI blood splatter or anything like that. I didn't pick up on anything at all. It was just sheer brute force the entire time. I mean, uh, and I, you know, I saw some other reactions, early reactions on the film months ago. Like you said, they've been doing screenings of the movie for a while. And some people likened it. Well, this is more like a Friday the 13th and a Halloween. Absolutely. Also, my viewpoint on that is it's 2021. Okay. In 2018, when David Gordon Green decided to helm the new Halloween, he definitely held back a little bit and tried to keep it more suspenseful, tried to keep the original formula there while, you know, implementing some hardcore, brutal, traditional slasher fare. Here, they're just like, fuck it. We're just going to go all out. And I think based on what they were doing with the story, it makes total sense because they're opening it up super wide. The first movie that they did was very condensed, a lot smaller in terms of scale. This movie... Is huge. Oh, it's, it's way bigger. It's it's huge, and there there's no confines of like you know. Typically, the Halloween films, a huge portion of the films take place in a house, in a or, house a building. or one or one or two settings, one or two settings at most. Him him not being caged into a building or a house was something brand new, and and you know I definitely tip my hat to them for that. Another thing that I'd like to call out is, of course, Tommy Doyle is not played. By Brian Andrews this time. He's played by uh, Anthony, Anthony Michael, Michael Hall. Hall. And I I thought for him stepping into those shoes, he did a great job. I thought he was very strong. I'm not, you know, his his dialogue to me, that, that wasn't really his choice. But I, I feel like he really gave 110% in the role. And, and I thought he did a great job for the material that he had to work I, I with. I would agree with you. I would tend to agree with you. While I disagree that I thought he was good, I think his performance is up to par with what the material was he was provided. I think based on the script, I did not feel like Jeremy, that it was Tommy Doyle. Now I know that in the original film, he's this meek little boy. He's terrified of the boogeyman. Obviously you want to see someone that's grown up from that situation as a child and be a little more harder. Be like, you could tell the character had gone through a lot and he's really worked on that part of his life to become, he has this harder exterior. He's this kind yeah. of big brutish guy. Um, and, and Hall played that fully all the way to the top. I mean, but at the same time, some of the stuff he was doing, I, I felt like he was just some dumb brute jock hell bent to beat people up. And I really didn't care for that aspect. I mean, obviously there are situations these characters are put in where it's fight or flight and, He's put into that situation, and he he behaves as he sees necessary. But there, as you said, we'll we'll get to dialogue. The, yeah, I mean, the way that I look at his character, you ever been in a situation where you know someone's talking shit to you, or you know some shit happens, and then later on, like you you you're stewing on, and you're thinking, well, I should have done this, or oh, I, all I the could time. have done this. Yeah, for sure, almost so, every time. <laughs> yeah, oh, for sure. You're like, man, I should have punched that motherfucker in the face. But you know, of course, like we, you know, anyways. So, I I feel like for this character, he's had 40 years to think about, you know, what would I do if I ever had the chance to see him again? And he was he was a child when these traumatic things happened, and, you know, he, he survived, but he had to run then. And now he's a grown man who's thought about this boogeyman that almost killed him, you know, 40 years prior. And, and, and there is a really, I, I think, lovable scene, I'm not going to get deep into it, where... You know, we, we see some older characters, some legacy characters really joining together over these events and where they'll have like a yearly thing together that's special to them in order to commemorate those events and really stay strong together. And I really loved that aspect of yeah, that. I, I seeing the legacy characters, even though Anthony Michael Hall is not a legacy character, the other legacy characters that we do see, I'll, I'll be the first one to tell you, you were sitting next to me, but of course you were watching the screen. There was a legacy character that that delivered a line in the hospital and seeing this person on the screen again, which I never thought I was ever going to see them see this person in the role again and hearing the dialogue that they delivered. 
single tear came down my face. I love Halloween. It's my it's my favorite movie, like I said earlier. It that that was amazing. That was an amazing feeling. I'm, it was just like when we saw John Carpenter in concert for the first time, Justin, and yeah, and he played the the theme to Halloween and. I, oh, I, 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 I ugly cried the entire yeah, song. Yeah. The entire time they played it. I mean, so I, I know what you're coming. I know where you're coming from with that. Um, and I don't want to get too deep sure, in the concept. Sure, so no, no, we'll, we'll stay positive yeah, yeah. in here. But um, you know, I, I'm glad that scene worked for you. I know what scene you're referring to. Yep. But I wanted to move on to another positive thing here. Get it. And the lighting. It's very subtle, but it's something I picked up on really quickly here on this movie because we talked about it a few weeks back. David Gordon Green made the creative decision in 2018 to light the movie with earthy tones, with Halloween fall tones. There's a lot of oranges and browns. And I know a lot of fans, including myself, liked it, but at the same time really missed those Dean Cundy, like those light blues Blues. and the cyan and the really dark colors that he brought to the original that are, you know, they're, in and out throughout the franchise. Halloween 4 is literally drenched in fucking blue, and I love every second of it. Yep. So I was happy to see them them bring a lot of that back here. They still keep some of the earthy tones, but uh, stylistically, I thought the film, for the most part, Jeremy, looked good. There is some stuff with the camera work that, you know, way too modern for my liking, but hey, it's a movie in 2021, yep. so, you know, you can't really defeat that. But the lighting, I just I just loved them bringing back those, those cundy... You know, Dean Cundy color tones. So this isn't a spoiler because it was literally in the trailer. You know, they do a a scene that takes place in 1978, and I feel like it could have used more of those blues. I agree, but they they were there. I I felt like those scenes looked a little more Halloween, too, than they looked Halloween, if that makes any sense. But that was one of the other main things. And I know you're probably going to agree with me on the next one. You can't beat... John Carpenter, Daniel Davies, and Cody Carpenter's score for this thing. It was absolutely fucking brilliant. Perfect. I, I can't wait to purchase uh, this score. I think it's out now. Um, yeah, the, I think the vinyls everywhere yeah, are pretty I'm, much sold I'm, out. Most of them are sold out. Are they really? Um, yeah. yeah I mean, well, I'm, a, I'm a CD guy, so I'm going to buy the CD. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah I'm no. still that guy, but, you Dude, know. Dude, I just, I, just I just purchased the Thing soundtrack. Uh, on CD on like, last week. Disc. On compact disc, baby. You gotta, you gotta tell your kids, listen, this here is a compact disc. When I was your age, we used to take these and put them on our backpack and we carried a... Never mind. You know where I was going, I, but I just do. saying. I do. Just saying. But yeah, I thought the score... Oh, it's absolutely top-notch, man. I don't think there was anything in there that was quite as defined as, for example, like The Shape Hunts Allison from 2018 that when that hit was like this is one of the best new themes for a slasher ever created it literally knocked me out of my seat and that that theme does play here a little bit um i think one of my favorite things about the score is that we have those homages or throwbacks to the exact cues from the original movie peppered throughout like exact they play a theme from 1978 uh, in the film, like verbatim, and it was incredible to hear that and and see that happening on on, on the big screen. It was I mean, also incredible the fact that you know they redid it, and I know throughout the years when they've done all of these Halloween movies, so many of the people involved with the music, even Alan Howarth, has said like those old synthesizers we had back in the late seventies, you just can't get those sounds anymore. So the fact that they were able to manipulate and recreate those iconic sounds almost to a T that, that had me, Oh man, I, that almost brought tears to my eyes. I'm like, when you hear those sounds, that's, it's so important to Halloween, making sure that those are present and woven throughout. And I really appreciated that. It was, it was, it was fantastic. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to keep it rocking. So there was a scene with a character in the woods in this film and I'm going to go ahead and say that I think it is, and I, this is going to be a movie that I chew on for a, a long time, and I'm, of course, going to go see you it. You and I both. I think I'm, you I'm, and I both. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go for sure go see it again in theaters, and then I'm sure I'm going to see it a million times on Peacock or whatever, but there is a scene that takes place in the woods with Michael Myers, and to me right now, I'm considering it to be one of the scariest scenes in the entire franchise. 
I couldn't sure. agree more. I, 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 I was holding my breath on the edge of my seat and I was heard terrified you. for this character. I, dude, when that scene ended, I heard you let out your breath that you were holding in. Yeah. I swear to God. I actually... And I I rarely ever hear that with an audience member. Yeah. Now, obviously, the crowd last night was very rowdy. There was oh, a yeah. lot of members in there that were talking at the screen, uh, which was really fun, actually. I know a lot of yeah. people don't like that. But at the same time, you got to think back to when the original Halloween showed in theaters. That's the reaction. If you listen to Urban Yablons yeah. discuss the first couple of screenings they, they did of the first movie, that was what people were doing. They were yelling at the screen. They were getting involved. And I, I really myself, as long as people aren't, you know ignorant or belligerent or you know being offensive i enjoy it so i know that scene was, was i can't wait to oh man i can't wait till we can actually discuss yeah, yeah. it in oh, detail for sure, but, for sure. but i think for fans especially and those of you listening i think that scene will be a huge treat for you i think a lot of fans are really going to appreciate that scene that that brought some of the original halloween anticipation and just those those vibes of being on the edge of your seat. Would you agree that it's probably the most Halloween thing? I know we're just getting ahead of ourselves, but I think it's probably the most Halloween scene in the entire movie. I agree, and and I'd I'd go as far as to say probably out of this film and Halloween 2018, it's the most Halloween thing they've shot. I wouldn't go that far, but in terms of this one, I definitely think just in terms of style, you know, the feeling, the suspense. I, I mean. <sighs> Once we get into the cons, I'll get there. But yeah, I feel yeah, yeah. like it, this movie was a little bit light on suspense. I'm just going to say it right here and now. But that scene was the most suspenseful for me. And it was the most shape-like scene where, you know, he's he's toying around with his prey. You know? I, oh, man. It's one of the I, best things that they did in the movie. I, I, I love that scene. It, it was fantastic from beginning till end. That entire set piece, those characters... That scenario, the way that he was on the hunt, like literally yeah. on the hunt. Holy shit. Like that's Michael Myers. That's Halloween to me. That's the shape, man. That's and that's that was going to be my next pro. And I even just tweeted about it before we sat down to record this. The one thing I fully confirmed after watching this movie is that James Jude Courtney is the king of modern slashers. One hundred percent. The most nuanced, brutal and it's overweight pure evil version of the character since Nick Castle. I mean, he proved in 2018 that he was worthy of wearing the mask and holding the knife and wearing the coveralls. And here, I think he just improves on the character. There's so much nuance in his movements. And he even, I think, unknowingly brings back some of the, the Nick Castle movements, the way he would glide around and he would hide around corners. You would see him in the background, the way he'd walk downstairs, pretty much everything. But he's just an older version of it, a more powerful version of it. And I just, for me, at least as a fan, I I, I mean, I hold him right up there next, personally, right next to Nick Castle. And, and I got to give it to David Gordon Green and company. The fact that they're bringing back the same actor for all three of these movies, it's And this is only the second time in the the franchise anyone's ever done that. I think Zombie was the only one to bring back the same actor. Yeah. Twice, yeah. That's it. I mean, we've had George Wilbur come back, but not two times in a row. Not Not like throughout, yeah. 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 So I I think, you know, that's that's one thing is they found the guy that was perfect for the job and he's, no pun intended, or pun intended, he's killing it. So Absolutely. He's slashing it, slaughtering it. I mean, that was one of the most joyful things for me watching this movie is just, you know, Sometimes when an actor comes back to a role a few years or even a few months later, they kind of lose a little bit of their edge. And here you could tell he really takes this role so seriously and puts so much effort into every little detail, every little movement. I mean, he is so fast in this movie. He is pure predator mode, pure evil. That's all I got out of the character the entire time from every head tilt, the way he would slash, he would pick up his victims and you know, I'm not going to yeah, yeah, yeah. spoilers, but the way he would just manhandle everything that got in his way. Yeah, I, I read a review from David Gordon Green or not a review, but an interview um, from David Gordon Green earlier today where he was talking about the film a little bit. And the, the person asking him said, you know, Michael seems a lot more aggressive in this film just from the trailers. <laughs> I'd say so. And yeah. And David Gordon Green goes, yeah, he's really pissed off in this one. Like this is what it's like when Michael Myers is really pissed off and, and <laughs> that's accurate. That's very accurate. It is. I mean, I mean, how else would you really want to see this character? You want to push 
in a sequel. You want to push it harder. You want to push it heavier. You want to raise the stakes. And I think in terms of the character of the shape, Michael Myers, I think they really, they do that in spades. I think they do a really good job of that here. That's, I think, you know, in terms of the positive things that I got out of the film, probably one of the most important, one of the most powerful and the strongest. Jeremy, before we take a quick break and get into the cons of the movie, did you have any other huge elements of the movie that you found to be positive for you? Uh, so, so two more small, small things. It, so David Gordon Green, love him, hate him, celebrate him, or want him erased, what have you. The one thing that he does really great, and he does this in, in all of his work, you know, from the Righteous Gemstones to his other film work, is his side characters are never just cardboard side characters. Uh, you know, typically in, in slasher films, they, they introduce characters just to set them up for the slaughter. With David Gordon Green, even though he's doing that, he gives us likable characters that can be relatable in a lot of ways, and people that you're like, you kind of get some enjoyment out of them, and then they get thrust into the shit, and then they're put in danger, and then they're in an, you know, an element of peril. So, oh man, he, he just does, yeah, because I don't want to go into any spoiler things, but... No, uh, again, there's, there's, ladies and gentlemen, they're listening. Yeah. We're, we're, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. doing a pretty good job of not yeah. ruining anything. I've been like sitting here listening. like, wow, we're actually getting through I mean, for real, because usually we always go full spoilers on this show. But for your benefit, we just so I get it, man. It's, so, it's yeah. tough to go into as deeply as we want. I can to get around telling it. people. I can get yeah. around it, though. So there's there's three different couples in Haddonfield. And in typical slasher films, these these characters would have just been very generic. They would have been run-of-the-mill characters that show up, they say the lines, then all of a sudden Michael Myers shows up and does what he does. In this film, they're all very, very different with different dynamics. They interact with each other differently. And we care about all three separate couples. And I, David Gordon Green does a fantastic job with his side characters. Um, I, I got to give that to him. And the other positive, the last positive thing that I'll that I'll say, because I know we're we're streamlining, we're taking a break, and then we're gonna we're gonna list some things that we didn't necessarily love about the movie. <laughs> oh, you better believe it. <sighs> so Michael Myers is truly the boogeyman in this. You know, in Halloween's 2018, I feel like they they were presenting us a very real world take in a lot of ways on the character, where you know this is a guy that committed these murders and he's been locked up for 40 years and he escapes. And what's that look like when this guy escapes 40 years later, everything felt very real world in Halloween 2018 to where that was not the case for me with Halloween kills. Michael Myers is absolutely just a malevolent evil entity. And I think in this film, they just decided to go full boogeyman on him. Like, fuck it. He's not a guy. He's not, a person that's just out there committing these murders anymore. He literally is evil itself, and yeah, he's the boogeyman. Yeah, evil incarnate, yeah. And, I, and this is mentioned in the trailer, so again, it's not a spoiler, but there's even that line of dialogue that Jamie mentions where it's like he feeds on fear. So the more fear that he engages with, stronger. he gets stronger and stronger. And again, you know, that's a metaphor, I think. Uh, pretty on the nose, if you will, but for you know, the world we're living in right now and some of the things that have happened. And that's definitely a thing that I'm going to bring up in the con portion of this discussion. But no, I mean, that's, I mean, again, if you've, you've never seen the shape as brutal, as scary, never. as menacing, never. I was going to ask you this before we move on here. Sure. Do you think this version is more violent than Rob Zombie's Michael Myers? Yes. Because I think up until this point, in particular, Zombies Halloween 2, I think that was the most brutal, relentless version we've seen on screen for the most part. I, I, I agree with that 100%. And with the kills here and the way that he just unapologetically tears people apart with no care in the world, there is no human aspect. I shouldn't even be calling him he, Jeremy. I should be calling it. It, yeah. Because there is, there's no human element left of that character in this movie aside from the movements. But even then, when you get deep into that, it doesn't move like a human. It moves almost like a machine, if yeah. you will. So absolutely uh, one of my favorite things about the movie. So what's, what's funny before before we cap it and, and take, yeah, our, yeah. Or take our ad break is last night thinking about this movie. I didn't think that I liked 
the fact that it was just all boogeyman now. I went to bed thinking, like, you know, I don't know that I liked that decision because the version of this character we were introduced in the last film was very human and was very real world. And then and the one that we saw last night in Halloween Kills, it was not well, that. It was not yeah, that. I mean, it was not I, that. I think, I think, I agree with you. The last film was very grounded in that sense. But at the same time, that movie ended and you knew already there was going to be a sequel and they put him in the bottom of this cage lorry bill and he's on fire and you're like, that motherfucker's going to live. You know damn well he's going to live. But even if that movie ended with him dying, it would have been a very powerful ending. I get it. I've seen so many people commenting today on the social media posts that I've made that it ended perfectly with that movie. But they tend to misunderstand that Hollywood is in the business of making money. Making the monies. Makes money. And the 2018 Halloween broke box office Record. records. It's in the top five biggest, highest grossing horror movies of all time. So, of course, there's going to be a sequel. And, Jeremy, you and I know that David Gordon Green and Danny McBride set out to do a trilogy of new movies in the first place. They wrote out an outline. It was always part of the initial plan. We were just hoping it was going to happen. So, I, for one, regardless of what I'm going to say in our next segment, I'm still happy that they did it. So we're sure. going to take a quick promo break. And when we come back, we're going to discuss spoiler free cons for Halloween kills. We'll be right back. Hey, dumpster dwellers and future dumpster dwellers. I'm Joe. I'm Sean. And I'm Connor, Connor the skeleton. And we'll be your guides through the movie dumpster a comedy-based movie review podcast with its own cinematic universe. Each week, we go knee-deep through cinema's trash heap to dig out the best forgotten gems, Hollywood stinkers, and out-there oddities. We're talking horror, sci-fi, action, and everything in between. And of course, it's all connected. Tune in for insightful and comedic deep-dive reviews, bad accents, and more dirty jokes than your mother's ass can fit house elves. Head over to MovieDumpsterPodcast.com to listen on your favorite podcast app. Visit our store and pick up some non-committal swag and sign up for our Patreon to get behind-the-scenes previews, commentary tracks, live watch-alongs, and other exclusive content. Welcome to the Dumpster! And welcome back, creeps, where myself and Justin here at are discussing Halloween kills. Spoiler free, baby! Spoiler motherfucking free which is very for you. very different for you very very yeah, difficult. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're trying very very hard and luckily like i said earlier jeremy it's during the day my wife is actually working next to me so that's why i ain't drinking no booze because i ain't allowed so that's right it's, it's gonna be even harder for me to keep my mouth closed the night time is the right time yeah we're gonna be doing this so we're gonna jump into some of the cons of halloween kills jeremy i know you had your fair amount. I wanted to mention this before we get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, I know some of you out there when you go to see a movie with a friend or family member. It's rare, but sometimes you'll just be sitting next to them. You won't say a single word to the person next to you, but you can feed off of their emotions while watching the movie. You can just feel their vibe and you can kind of tell if you're agreeing with them on a movie or you're disagreeing with them on a movie. And I only felt a certain vibe the same vibe I was feeling from Jeremy sitting next to me. The yeah. whole rest of the theater was kind of feeling a different vibe than the Absolutely. two of us. And there were some gestures and hand motions and uh, body language that the two of us were exerting that I was like, oh, wow, he's kind of he's kind of feeling the same way I do. Yeah. So that's a special feeling. And also it makes me feel like we are the minority on this movie. Oh, but dude. we're going to we're going to get into it now, because I mean, the, the, one of my favorite things about going to see a movie like this is the afterward the after in the lobby talking with fa fans and fr friends and family and all that stuff. So people and, and what what I'll say about about that is when we were in the lobby uh, of the theater last night after Halloween Kills, people were fucking saying how much they loved it, how much yeah. they loved it. So I think the general movie going audience is, is going to really, really dig this. And I even think I think casual fans of Halloween are going to really, really like this. And I think longtime fans of Halloween are going to really like this. But I also I think like I said earlier, that this is going to be divisive because I, you know, we don't always, as horror fans, right, we, we bitch when we get something that's a carbon copy of something we've already had. And then fans tend to also bitch when something new is introduced, like, oh, you fucking ruined this. So I don't want to come off that, that I'm bitching because they, 
they did something new, and and I will commend David Gordon Green and Dana McBride and company for doing something brand new with this. I mean, dude, we're at film number twelve in this series. Yeah, which when you think of it from you know that perspective, I think we're lucky we're getting as much good as we're getting from this. Absolutely, considering how how much bad we've had to endure to get some of the good. You know, absolutely. It, it's always been every other movie for the most part, every couple. <laughs> depending, I know fans are fickle. I know you. We all have our favorites. I mean, I just drove four hours last weekend to the Blob Theater, the Colonial Theater in, in PA, just to see four and five on 35 millimeter. And I don't even really like five. Yeah. And I still went, you know, so I get fans just come out and they all have their favorites. But you're so true in saying that we got to appreciate what we're getting here, but we also have to discuss some of the stuff that didn't work for or us. Some of the stuff yeah. that just flat out was fucking terrible sure. because this film has both. Yeah. So, uh, okay. Going in. I'm going in. So they went to the trouble of making these films a direct sequel to Carpenter's original Halloween. Like they pretend Halloween 2 and all the other sequels don't exist. And Halloween Kills, they go as far as doing sequences from 1978. That's in the trailer. That's not a spoiler, right? Um, so they, they spend some time in that universe. So when you make choices like that, it means you respect and want to honor the tone and feel of the source material you are adamantly referencing and going back to. Yet, for me, nothing in this film tonally is similar to John Carpenter's classic. Nothing in this film respects its source material. If you were to watch the original and then watch this, I do not think they would pair well. They are wildly different in their tones and execution. Halloween Kills is the best kills in the entire franchise. That's me saying a good thing. I think that Halloween Kills has the best kills in the franchise. I mean, Halloween Kills. Halloween it Kills. It kills. It kills. Bro. Uh, dude, it, it was a fun ride. I can say that. I can say that something is a fun ride and still overall not have strong feelings for it. However, just because I enjoy something doesn't, elements of something, doesn't mean it's necessarily a good film because to me, it was not that it was not a good film. Make no mistakes, it's brutal, it's bonkers, it's an exploitation slasher film. It succeeds on that level of insanity perfectly. It just doesn't succeed at being a good installment in the Halloween franchise. Not for that's, me. I mean, that's one of the first things that I said. I walked out of the theater. I heard about five or six other people, you know, proclaiming how much they loved it. And, you know, one of my friends, Corey, the big supporter of the show, he loves brain stew. Shout out to Corey. He was like, so what did you think? And the first words out of my mouth were, it didn't feel like a Halloween movie. No. And I mean, the setting was right. We saw pumpkins. We saw people in costumes. We saw Michael Myers with a knife. All of those elements were there, but there was something tonally off that didn't feel right to me. And I think the fact that, and again, we're not going to get into spoilers. I'll keep saying that throughout just to remind myself. <laughs> Same. But when, when there are elements that are flashbacks, there are actual clips from Halloween one implemented throughout to kind of remind the audience, those that are unfamiliar, this happened back in 1978. And we have flashbacks that are recreations of scenes that we never saw from John Carpenter's Halloween, but they're trying to implement as if they did happen. What this is called, ladies and gentlemen, is retconning because we know that they're trying to erase Halloween 2 from the storyline, even though, Jeremy, I still feel like Halloween 2 could have been a part of this. Absolutely. Perfectly fine. And the, the films would have been the same thing. No, we haven't seen ends yet. We don't know what's in store for the script. One of my biggest questions after seeing this, and I'm sure a lot of our audience will feel the same, is I have no idea where it's going to go for ends after this, but I agree with you. The I, movie I, I, can, I can tell you that you're talking about where Halloween ends is going to go. This movie was so fucking crazy. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't go to the theaters to see Halloween ends. And on the screen, it says Halloween ends. And then the text in space appears on screen because <laughs> this fucking movie oh, was boy. this movie was so crazy that like dude what do you do after this like i, well, they went I don't know out. i don't they know the, you know full monty they they pulled their fucking pants down they showed us their dick and balls and were like as hard and as long as it's gonna get where do you go from there really i mean put a pumpkin on the tip of the dick and some whipped cream or something there it is I, 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 it's that pumpkin dick's a tan. It's a fucking tan. 
I like pumpkin dick. I ain't going to lie. But <laughs> for me, one of the, you, you mentioned flashbacks, recreations. I was 50, 50 on that stuff because some of it, there's, there's a, there's a great scene that happens where there's a kill and it was amazing. It was done beautifully. That part felt like Halloween, but then it was followed up by something that we get a lot of in this movie. Questionable characterization of side characters that are performed very cartoonish that don't feel like characters from the original Halloween or even characters from 2018. One of the hugest elements that fans had a problem with in David Gordon Green's Halloween, Dr. Sartain. And he was the only full high super camp level character in that movie. I what felt, do you mean? Calm down. I am calm. For the most part, every other character in that movie was grounded and treated as a treated as a real character, a real human being written as a real human being. We're here. We get characters that are almost on the level of the cops from Halloween five. You might as well put some squeaks and car- carnival sounds behind them because that's how they came off to me. Like traditional generic cartoony slasher characters. And I, this kind of is piggybacking off of what you said earlier. While I agree the side characters are given as much as they could possibly give us because the movie's so fucking overbloated for the time frame, for the, for the running time, there's so much shit thrown into this Halloween You can't bucket. breathe. You can't breathe. You know, it, it, it's very briskly fast paced. It's way different than the last movie where the last movie really tried to set up Suspense. I love and that. Scares, I, I love. I, I loved the slow burn of, of Halloween twenty eighteen. This one. This one has none of that, none. and I understand why because you know they're opening up the gates and they're just saying, "Let them have all of it." Yeah. It's it's absolutely crazy. And the other thing, so this movie deals with social commentary, some political themes that uh, are very topical. And Jeremy, we know the movie was delayed a year, so a lot of the elements that are woven throughout here were very relevant and in the headlines, say two years ago, Yep. you know, we had a lot of riots. We had a lot of people being killed for no reason at all. We had huge mobs of people tearing down buildings. It happened here in DC. We're right outside of DC. Yep. You know, people were burning and blowing stuff up and you know, that stuff was very topical, but we're like all past that. So we have some riot elements in this movie that come off as cartoonish as humanly possible. I did not take any of it seriously. And every single time it was on screen, I cringed. I absolutely oh, hated that element for, of the movie. For sure. And and going back to the, the flashback real quick is, is you said you were 50-50 on it. I, I liked the element that, that you mentioned. But outside of that, I, I did not like the flashback sequence. It did nothing for me. Um, there are some things that I'm supposed that as a Halloween fan, like I'm supposed to have been really excited to have yeah, seen. Yeah, you were supposed to have jumped out of your seat and jumped and up. And I didn't. I just about. it. I, I didn't. I, I I didn't appreciate it. I didn't like it. I could have absolutely done without it. And, and you're you're right. Talking about the mob, very very goofy in in a lot of respect. I get what they were trying to do. That you know, yeah, of the, course. you know, the big theme in this new trilogy is as Jamie Lee Curtis would call it, trauma the words trauma Jamie it's fucking trauma so it's this town she might as well be is she referring to Lloyd Kaufman yeah she's like trauma I'm trauma like, I'm like it's tra- trauma like what the fuck are you anyways so Jamie you talking about the toxic Avenger here she's like, this is a, this is a film about generational trauma and I'm like <laughs> and I'm like uh, I don't think she could fucking say that in interviews for this movie. In fact, dude, she just did a fucking appearance on a late night show, and they're like, well, tell me what this movie is about. And she was like, <laughs> it's just people dying. <laughs> and you know what, though? I'm so happy that she's being honest about it. Yeah. Because there, there is the- no social, there is no like spin on this. Like, no, this is about generational trauma. Like, no, That's, this is, yeah, this is, uh, this is a slasher the, film. It's, it, as pure as it can possibly get. And you would think that that would be right up my alley. And those elements, again, they did work for me. I'm very happy that again, they just let it all out. And they were like, we're just going to go full force with this and let it be as brutal as possible. But Jeremy, my favorite thing about the last movie was the characters and how nuanced and well-defined and developed Lori's character was. And you could feel so much for her family. And while those elements are still attempting to be intact here, they're they're left by the wayside. The movie jumps around so much with its fast neck. It's so fast, like the, yeah. it's breakneck speed pacing that it kind of leaves that stuff to the side and it pops in here and there. 
only to cut back to more violence. So it doesn't give you enough time to breathe to care about the characters like no. you did in the last no. one. And, and speaking about Lori is, so, you know, she had some very Loomis-esque lines in Halloween 2018. Well, they, they fucking turn it up to 11 for her Dr. Loomis lines in this movie. Like, everything out of her mouth is is, is what Dr. I've Loomis been waiting for him for 40 years. And he's yeah, been we waiting know. for me. We know. We saw in the last movie. We know the entire series, okay? Yeah. We don't need you to repeat the same line a million times. I mean, dude. They, they gave her very little to do in this Very movie. little to do. I mean, it needs to die. It's going to die. Hey, hey, Let Jeremy, it burn. How many, how many times did we hear, evil dies tonight? And then we hear, like, the whole crowd chant it ten times. And then five minutes later, somebody else says, Pointing at somebody else. Evil dies tonight. I'm like, dude, did they really have to put that in there so dude, many fucking times? Dude, it, it was easily, no exaggeration, it was easily 20 times in the movie where evil, oh, yeah. evil dies. Like, there's a point in, in the movie where the crowd is chanting, evil dies tonight. Evil dies Even though tonight. I, I get it. That's the tagline for the movie. I understand that you're trying to push that branding to the forefront. So people are like, oh, the poster. Oh, I get it. Evil dies. But y'all motherfuckers know Evil ain't dying any time soon. It's not going away. Michael Myers will return. And this isn't a spoiler. Everyone that goes into this movie knows Michael Myers, no matter what you do to him, he ain't going nowhere. There's literally a contract with Trankus International that when Blumhouse or whatever movie studio is making a new Halloween film, you can't indefinitely kill Michael Myers. It's that's literally right. in their contract. And, that's, and that's, that was in the will of Mustafa Akkad. When Malik took over, it was basically like, Here's all, here's all the shit you're getting, and oh, by the way, don't kill Michael Don't Myers, kill him. Or, I love him. Don't kill the boogeyman. I love I, him. I respect him so much for that. I mean, but, so. We Evil dies tonight. To, yeah, okay. Listen, I swear <laughs> to God, I'm going to I'm gonna rip, a, when, when Peacock plays the movie, I'm going to pirate that sound effect and just play it on this show over and over and over again and see how much our audience likes it. Because that's how I felt watching the movie. And yes, you and I were like, so many sighs every single time they said, I'm like, once is fine. That's that's cool, but I don't need to hear it a million times. I think there's a very unnecessary element in this film. And those of you that have looked into spoilers, you kind of know this. You already know Tommy Doyle's back. You already know Lindsay Wallace is back in the movie. There are some other cameos in the movie, which Jeremy, I as a fan, felt were completely unnecessary. The one you were referring to earlier that brought a tear to your eye, I felt as completely disrespectful to that character. 100%. I would have, I would have preferred that character not come back if only to be presented in a cardboard cutout way, not really part of the story at all. Just tossed in to spout off dialogue, to remind the audience, Hey, this happened in this movie. Remember me? And then cut from that character to something else. Yep. What I really would have preferred here is the center focus be the Strode family, which is the most important part of these movies. You presented that to us in the last movie, and here it's peppered throughout, but never really fully realized. Allison, Annie Matichek, I love her yeah. in the last movie, and she's great in this movie, Jeremy, but they don't give us her at all. She is so withdrawn from her role in the movie that we only see her, I, I would say, I dare say, a total of maybe 20 minutes. I agree. If that. I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go full Ian Malcolm in this and say, you know, what you were just talking about as far as the legacy characters and, you know, you would have preferred them not to do things in a certain way I that they did. I know what you're going to say. Well, dude, I know where you're I'm going, going full Ian, Ian Malcolm on Feel this. Feel free. Yeah. You know, you were so consumed with whether or not you could that you didn't stop and think about whether or not you should. And that's something that we've seen, Jeremy, through other large franchises in the past five years. Characters that are no longer able to be properly acted because the people are gone. Yep. And the idea of trying to recreate people digitally, it can either work or it doesn't work. If it's necessary to your story, I totally understand that being a thing. And I know most of... Our listeners here already know what I'm talking it's about. It's in the trailer. Because, it's in the trailer. And it's also, you know, something that fans posted all over the internet, like we talked about sure. a few weeks ago. For sure. Which ruined what could have been an exciting moment. But that element of the movie for me it. did not work, was not necessary. That whole scene could have played out without that character. I, I didn't like it at all. It did no. not work. No. It should not be in the movie. No, not at all. And 
comparing this to another massive franchise that that had a resurgence is the is the Star Wars trilogy, the new Star Wars trilogy, right? They they bring back they're telling a new story, but they bring back these legacy characters to remind you, like, hey guys, this is Star Wars. Remember Han Solo? Remember Luke? Remember Leia? It's been the case of you know Rogue One. So we, we, and, and there's there's a lot of that. So I mean, but again, it can either work or it doesn't. I'm not necessarily completely against it, but here, Jeremy, in the way that it was done, I just didn't think that it was necessary. And I it think was it mishandled. Took me, it, it took me out of the movie immediately, and that's one of the moments I know you were referencing earlier when you said, "Sure, it was supposed to be that stand up." I didn't hear the audience cheer. No, because everybody I knew. Everybody knew that he was going to be there, and then I was so busy looking at it, like you know. They did. They did. It. They did okay with it, but it still yeah, didn't it was, fucking it was look. Okay. It didn't look like him. Still looked close enough. Close enough. But it's like for me, I'm like, that's not him. <laughs> you know, it took well, me out of the movie. It, it took me out of the movie, and I, I got to commend them because I know doing that is very, very hard. I mean, everyone that saw The Irishman, we know how that ended up with them de aging <laughs> De Niro. I loved that movie, but and even that didn't bother me. But here. I just didn't think you needed. They tried to like darken him with shadow and hide him in darkness a little bit more. So it was less revealing. They didn't show him like during the day standing out, you know, in the middle of Haddonfield next to a bar or something. But it was it just I I just didn't think it was necessary. And, you know, it goes right in with the flashbacks. When we get into our full spoiler review, I'll be able to dig in. But why bring back legacy characters to do nothing more than just to remind the audience of the movies they were in before. If you're not going to really flesh them out any further and do anything with now, there is one we talked about it earlier, the scene that we both loved that took place in the woods, that character glad they brought that character back for that. Fantastic. Scene because Fantastically that, was, handled. that was perfect. You took that character and you did something awesome with it to remind us why we love Halloween, but the rest of them, I, it, it, it just didn't overall, it didn't work for me. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. hold on. My, my friend, Bobcat Goldthwaite, uh, or however the fuck you say his last time, he, want, he wants to tell you something. You ready? Hold on. Hey, Justin, I just wanted to call and let you know that evil dies tonight. God evil damn dies it. tonight. I'm going to die tonight if I have to hear that again one more <laughs> fucking time. I swear to God. Uh, when I go see the movie again on Friday, I'm just I'm I'm gonna try to count the exact number. So I so I'm 100 percent perfect. Like I'm precise in my number, my math on the next review. How many times they actually say it? Oh, and um, so there's a lot to love and celebrate about this movie. It's not all bad. A lot of it is fucking great. The Halloween uh, the Halloween franchise is my favorite thing ever. This one just didn't thematically make sense to me for the series. They went in a new direction, so I applaud the filmmakers for doing something new. It just wasn't for me. To me, there was no real script, just kills, no heart, just kills. That's how I feel about it. I can't disagree fully with that, Jeremy. I think they make an attempt to keep that connection with the Strode family there and, and, you know, the connection with all of these characters that have lived in Haddonfield their entire lives and them trying to take back their town, you know, that would have worked had it been executed properly. Had there been more definition to the characters, more time spent on it. I say this on so many reviews on the show and I've been doing it, you know, since the show has been a thing, add five, 10 minutes to the movie. That's all you really need to do. And give us more time to breathe flesh these characters out. It's not really going to negatively affect the runtime and how many showings you could put in the theater per day. You're still going to make your money. And then you're going to have people enjoying the movie all that much more because you're giving us better characters, well, more defined characters, characters we can care way more about than what we do here. There are characters that I love in this movie, Karen, for example, and they really try their best to flesh her out and give her something important to do. And I commend them for that, but it's not good enough. I think if you're really trying to build these new characters, you know, and one of your favorites, Jeremy, I know what you're going to say when you get to that spoiler review. One of your favorite characters. I saw your face when that happened. I was just like, man, you know, you give it to us and you take it away. And I know you can only do so much in one movie. Star Wars, bro. Star Wars. Yeah, it's yep. 100%. So I, I felt slightly disappointed and, you know, you mentioned this earlier in the review while we're finishing this up here, our non-spoiler review. 
I haven't felt this way about a Halloween movie since Rob Zombie's Halloween, since his first remake. I walked out of the theater. It was during the day. I were taking the day off to see it, and I couldn't understand why I didn't feel the way I wanted to feel about it after months of anticipation, excitement, following the movie and its every move and all the behind the scenes. And then I realized what it was. The movie just did not work for me. And I'm saying right now, I'll openly admit, I'm hoping that when we sit down after our second viewing and we do a full spoiler review, that some of this stuff changes for us. And I think that's fine. I think that's okay. I've always been open to Opinions reinterpreting your feelings on a movie after a few more viewings, because sometimes you're just so caught up in the excitement. And again, even without expectations, we're huge fans. It's hard to go into these things and not have those types of expectations and needs out of a Halloween movie. I mean, it's the same thing for Star Wars fans or Marvel fans or you name it, fill in the blank on the franchise. We all have that bias inside of us, whether we want to have it or not. So I'm totally open to the possibility of me changing my feelings on this. But as of right now, um, I was disappointed in Halloween Kills. Uh, I, I was right there with you. And, and I had a feeling as we were watching it, the same as you said, that we yeah. were kind of on the same wavelength for every exciting Thing that I love that happened in this movie, the next three things I absolutely hated. And I, I do hope that upon further viewings that that my opinion on it changes some or, or my love for it grows a little bit more because, I mean, like I said, last night going to sleep, the way that they handled the shape, initially I was like, I don't think I liked that. And then I woke up this morning, the more I thought about it, I'm like, you know what? Yeah. I do like the boogeyman approach that they went with this and they're going full boogeyman on this and there's no more like you know, okay, he's just a man that escaped a mental institution. No, he's full boogeyman in this, and and I'm okay with that. So, I mean, my opinions on some things are already changing. Uh, So I'm hoping, you know, I'm excited to to see it again this Friday, and I'm hoping that it changes, but I I will tell you just, and and our audience, just as we've discussed, I I walked out of the theater bummed. Everyone else around us was buzzing. How, how, How bummed were you? For the fact that you and I kind of walked out with our heads hung low and every single person ran up to us super happy, super excited. What did you I think? Mean, literally, literally every single person that spoke to me, Jeremy, loved it. Not a single Same. person came up to me and was like, eh, it was okay. I didn't hear I hated it once. Every single, and I spoke to like, I think 15 people. They Same. all loved it. And Same. that's a, a difficult feeling to accept. But, you know, it, I tell our fans all the time, try to go into something with the most open mind possible. I tried my best to do that last night, but it is hard to not have expectations when you're so excited. It's, again, my most anticipated movie of the entire year. I know it's up there for you as well. You know, there's very little you can do about human emotion. And I think that needs to be taken into consideration when you watch a movie and what you're going to expect out of it and how those results are. So that's it for this. We're not even going to do a trash it or treasure on this one. I I wouldn't be able to answer it. I really want to... Give us more time to soak this in. But for the sake of our listeners, we know how excited you guys have been, just like we have doing this Countdown to Halloween Kill series. It's been probably one of my favorite things I've ever done as a podcaster or film critic. It's been a blast. And like I said last week, the numbers, they prove that you guys are enjoying it. And that means so, so much to us. We appreciate your support. We appreciate you listening. Everything you've done for the show, your reviews, you're holding us up high and Jeremy, it's the week of Halloween Kills. Whether the movie knocked us out of the park, blew us away or not, I'm still going to go to Alamo Draft House this whole week with my Halloween Kills costume and scare the shit out of audience members. As you should. Enjoy the hell out of the fact that we are lucky enough to have a new Halloween yeah. movie in theaters. And there are so many fans embracing new Halloween movies. They're getting the opportunity like we had when we were younger, when we saw H2O in the theater for the first time. Hell yeah. You know, they're getting that opportunity here. So I'm happy for everyone Let's rejoice. I'm trying not to be negative here. I'm trying to look at the positive, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is which is new for me. Maybe it's because <laughs> I'm sober. I don't know. But ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. Like I said earlier in the show, that Halloween Kills poster contest. If you like what you're hearing, if you want to support Brain Stew on Epic Film, guys, head to iTunes. Leave us a review. Yeah. That helps us so much. It helps us reach more rad horror fans like yourselves. And also, it gives you an opportunity to win awesome free stuff we want to give you. So thanks so much again for listening. And don't forget, we are going to be doing a full spoiler special Halloween Kills review, guys, in the coming future. So until next time, I'm Justin. I'm Jeremy. And as always. And yeah, yeah, we like you to. 
do that thing. What's that thing? What Keep it? it creepy. Creepy. Crazy. <laughs>